Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am dandy, delightful, and delicious. How are you? Oh, Again. delicious. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, well, welcome back to another episode of Another Picture Show. My name is Madeline. I'm Olivia. We're two best friends. We watch movies. I never understand them. Olivia has to explain them to me, <laughs> and it's always fun. It is fun. So, what are we doing this week? <laughs> All right. So, this week I wanted to have a little bit of fun, and okay. I feel like the you know the last few movies that we've done have been movies that we like. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh no! So we're gonna now do. Now we movie. have to yell at a movie now. Yes, it's time. Ah, oh, finally, it's Honestly. time. This, this is, is this is where we thrive. Yeah. Sorry, my my dog is making a cameo. Hi, Guinness. Look, this is a cameo. My dog is making an appearance. It's because I <laughs> ate a piece of pulled pork, and he's very interested. Okay. Uh, it's time for us to do a little bit of ripping a movie apart because that's what we're good at. And um, so I figured we do a movie that I have not seen. Okay. And I don't think you've seen it, okay. but I know that we will not like. Oh, we're both- <laughs> <laughs> we're both going in blind. I can't yes. wait. What is it? Uh, we're gonna do Dear Evan Hansen. Oh no, I haven't seen it. And I've I know seen that. <laughs> I've seen enough of it to know, but we're gonna do a full review anyway. And I feel like this is not a fair intro. I feel like we're setting we're we're already setting our standards, saying that we're not going to like it, and we haven't even watched it. So maybe we should. I've just... just heard enough about like the like the premise, and I've looked up the premise. Like I've never seen the musical, never seen the movie, but I have looked it up to like read what it's about, and like I already don't like the premise of it. And then like just I've heard a lot of backlash about Ben Platt being Evan Hansen and like or not Evan Hansen, whatever the main character's name is. Evan Hansen. Is it Evan Hansen? Oh shit, I don't know. Um I thought he was writing the main character was writing letters to Evan Hansen. So obviously that shows how much I know. I'm a little I'm a little bit primed with some prior information, but I will watch the whole thing and cry through it. All right, we'll go into it to be as fair as possible. Um, Unlikely, I will, but okay. I feel like you know we we have to do that. We have to give credit where credit is due, if any credit is due, and try to be fair. I don't know, okay. but we're gonna have fun. I know that we Twist are. Twist my so. arm. All right, I will promise. All right, so with that, let's go watch Dear Evan Hansen and come back with our hot takes and big thoughts. Cool. Ready? Three, two, one. Okay, so we watched Dear Evan Hansen, guys. <laughs> finally, finally committed to finishing that fucking movie. Took us um, three weeks, but we did it. Yeah, it was a, it was painful. It was drawn out, but we did it. I got a fat glass of wine to talk about it. So let us dive in. Yeah. Olivia, what are your initial thoughts? You always ask me first, and I feel like it's time to return the favor um well my initial thoughts are uh stats i'm gonna say the stats um, oh that's right <laughs> see i um, never do that part so i'm like let's skip <laughs> so dear evan hansen 
is a 2021 American coming-of-age musical film directed by Stephen Shabatsky, um, based on a screenplay by Stephen Levinson. And the film adaptation is the film adaptation of the Tony and Grammy award-winning musical about Evan Hansen, a high school senior with social anxiety disorder and his journey of self-discovery and acceptance following the suicide of a fellow classmate. The film stars Ben Platt as the titular character that he originated on stage six years previous. And there's other people in the film, but we'll, we'll get there when we get there. But my the guy initial... from cold case is in there yeah he yes <laughs> amy adams is in there <laughs> that's right um she was a surprise for me when i saw her on come in i was like okay what yeah. amy adams is here got it <laughs> um so my initial thoughts are it's not a great movie i didn't think it was going to be it's just not a great movie or music well i have okay to be fair i have not seen the stage production so i don't really know like what the stage version is like but if i'm just basing my opinion off the movie as a standalone thing um it's just kind of boring to be honest yeah i also haven't seen dear evan hansen um the stage production so i can't it would be unfair to try and compare it to a stage production, but um, I agree. I just, okay, well, I just, I just got mad beef, like with Evan Hansen as a character. And I know I'm not alone in that. Uh, I know many people online have like shat all over Evan Hansen as a character, but I just got to say, like, this just really felt like a story that didn't need to be told. It felt like, I don't know. It just felt very like 13 reasons why, you know? <laughs> yes, but Evan Hansen is all 13 reasons. <laughs> <laughs> it starts and ends with Evan Hansen. <laughs> all right. Before we get into like our deep dive thoughts on the movie, do you want to give like a brief plot synopsis? <gasps> sure. Okay. So, dear Evan Hansen, uh, we begin with Evan Hansen mysteriously in a cast and it's the first day of school. And he's clearly, like, got some anxiety going. He's trying to, he's writing himself a little letter, trying to hype himself up. Dear Evan Hansen, today's going to be a good day. Wrong. So, you know, they introduce his mom, Julianne Moore. She looks gorgeous. She's an overworked nurse and single mother. Uh, we, we know that from the jump. And Evan Hansen goes to school. And he has no friends. He's got severe anxiety. He's on a, a lot of anxiety medications and stuff like that and so he rolls up and he's talking to his like quasi friend um about this cute girl that he has a crush on and afterwards the girl's brother connor also has a lot of like mental health and like so he had like just a lot of like behavioral and like mental health issues so people kind of like bullied him or like shunted him a little bit and connor like screams at evan in the hallway and Zoe's like hey that's not cool so later Connor kind of tries to like cool the the situation between him and Evan while Evan's writing himself a little letter talking about how like you know he loves like you know Zoe is so great but he doesn't know how to talk to Zoe and Connor sees this letter after Evan tried to print it off and he gets all upset he's like you're trying to use this to like 
piss me off and prove to people that I'm a freak. Connor runs off and like Evan's freaking out because he thinks that Connor is going to post this letter all over the internet. But that doesn't happen. No one knows why until uh, Evan's called into the principal's office. Connor's parents, his mom and his stepdad are there to tell Evan that Connor had killed himself and the note, Dear Evan Hansen, was in his pocket. So they think that he wrote his suicide letter to Evan Hansen. And they're like, oh, you were friends. And Evan's like, oh. So the parents find out or think that Connor and Evan were best friends. And Evan does very, very little (laughs) to like refute this fact, especially because he kind of realizes one, it makes the parents like kind of happy to think that their son like had a confidant, like had somebody like in his corner because obviously he had a lot of like, you know, issues and like really didn't open up to his parents. So like that makes them happy. And Evan is suddenly a people pleaser. And then uh, (laughs) Zoe is the sister and Zoe's like, oh, fuck my brother. He was horrible. And, and Evan's like, now I can capitalize on this. So then he just continues to make shit up and continues to lie, continues to lie to the point where like the class president wants him to like create this foundation in Connor's name to reach out to kids with, you know, who think they're alone with mental health issues or with any sort of, you know, any sort of issues. And so he goes along with it and like him and Zoe get closer and he gets close with the family because his mom is overworked and working all the time and is never around for Evan when he needs her. And sorry, like, <laughs> it's just like too many tropes stuffed into one movie. Anyway, so Evan and Zoe start dating all of a sudden. Like, it just somehow worked out so brilliantly. And then the president, class president, confronts Evan is like, confronts Evan and says, you know, were you actually friends? Because like, there's, she finally, she's the only person that like somewhat notices like the gaps in Evan's story. And so Evan's like, no, like, look, he wrote his suicide letter to me, but you can't show anybody. And she posts it fucking all over the internet. And next thing, the, cause she's trying to raise money for this foundation that they created. And she thinks that the suicide letter is going to be like a, something that like finally jumpstarts like the donations to get that last amount of money that they need goes all over the internet it gets on reddit people are like bashing the family because they think they were so horrible to connor because connor didn't write his suicide letter to them they wrote it to evan hansen his best friend so finally you know the family starts fighting with each other because they have no idea like why like people on the internet are so horrible and i'm like you fools it's the internet um and finally evan comes clean (laughs) evan comes clean i've been doing this for months I forgot to mention like halfway through at some point, they're going to like give him money to go to college and they try and tell the mom this, the overworked mother. And he, she was like, no, I can, you know, support my son and they get a big fight that gets immediately resolved because then you find out after all this comes to light that I guess Evan connected so deeply with Connor because Evan didn't break his arm falling out of a tree. He actually, tried to commit suicide over the summer by jumping out of a tree. And this might be a dark joke, but homeboy did not go head first. So he just broke his arm. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) y'all. And so he confesses to his mother, like, you know, and she's like, I will never like, you know, they, they make up basically. And the movie ends with him meeting, um, Zoe in the orchard which was what the foundation was raising money towards building 
and she wanted to just he apologized to her again and she essentially forgave him and was like you know I, I brought you here to like see this place because I knew you wouldn't come here unless like you had a reason to and they kind of were like yeah I wish we had met each other now instead of in the circumstances with in which they became close and that was the movie nice and it sucked <laughs> I had thought briefly wouldn't it be funny if I showed up to this podcast and decided to play devil's advocate for it the entire mm-hmm. time <laughs> you I think I would have started like crying like I would have like Olivia like you can't be serious <laughs> because I would have to really commit to the act though like, I know it would have been really hard to do I know I I just I I was thinking back to our intro and I was like, we, we were pretty, you know, staunchly against it before even watching the film. So I, you know, to be fair, I would try to play devil's advocate. So one, make it a little more interesting. Yeah. Uh, Because we're always so like agreeable, you know? It sucks when you like, like the person that you host a podcast with (laughs) and you think very similar to, similarly to them, you know what I'm saying? Um, and two, I just thought it would be funny, but I couldn't commit to the bit. Oh, it's rough, man. It's a rough watch. I don't know. Is there I anything feel- that you did like? Oh, I will say this. So the song, um, in the beginning where Evan and the, the friend, the quasi friend are like Jared. coming up with all the emails. What's his name? Jared? Jared. Jared. Okay. When Evan and e- uh, Jared are coming up with these emails between Connor and Evan, and it was the guy that plays Connor singing the song. And like, every time they would change a sentence, like it would redo the scene. Like, I thought that was funny. Like, yeah. I did enjoy that, that musical number. I was like, this is cute. Like, especially because like with movie magic, like they can literally reshoot the scene. Mm-hmm. Cause I can imagine in like a, uh, a, on a stage, like he would just like have to double, like double back and, you know, do the line again or whatever. But in the movie, it was very like, they did a good job, like putting that together Mm -hmm. um and them on the little go-karts that was cute and I'm not gonna lie the assembly oh he does a big speech online guys like I'm sure you all watch the movie that's why you're here um but he does this (laughs) big speech that goes viral online so it was the song that he was singing during the the viral speech Mm -hmm. and then the stepdad like watched it and he was all like finally got really emotional and he came home and was like crying that almost got me like that scene almost got me crying real Jesus tears but um I was like, oh, because I love that actor. <laughs> and he was singing. I was like, what? <laughs> that took me a bit. I had to rewatch like the song that he was singing or, you know, harmonizing, I should say, in a couple times. Because I was like, I can't get over the fact that this man is singing right now. Um, <laughs> but those two bits I did like. And the song that his that Julianne Moore sings at the end where she's like, this is them making up. And like, she's like, I will always be your mom. Like, I will never leave you. And I will never like, you know, I will always be here, et cetera. Like that was a very heartwarming song. And I was like, okay, I like these little bits, but the whole thing, the whole story, I'm just like, fuck this story, man. Like, shut the fuck up, Evan Hansen. What did you like about the movie? Um, I, all the things that you just mentioned, I also liked, I did like the song. Um, I think it's called Sincerely Me. Yeah, I thought it was cute. It was like the only song in the entire show that had any sort of there's a motorcycle driving by my apartment. Um it was the only song in the entire show that felt like it had like any life to it, you mm-hmm. know? Like it was cute and kind of like upbeat. 
and like allowed other characters to kind of like show off their personalities even if like connor's personality was manufactured it was like mm. you know endearing i thought that the kind of setup and payoff of like the parking ticket scenario yeah. was was pretty good and honestly like not ironically i thought him naruto naruto running away from zoe like in that one scene was genuinely funny <laughs> and like <laughs> a great addition to the film yeah <laughs> it was that was character uh, that was like please tell me that was improvised like yeah. ben platt was just like let me naruto <laughs> run away from this hoe right now also she's the one in book smart yeah i i it took me like half the movie i was like i have seen this girl before mm-hmm. um to figure out that she was from book smart yeah so. she's in a, a lot of stuff um, mm. she's very talented but, yeah yeah so those are the things I did like what do you think is like I mean I, I don't want to just ask like what didn't you like because that's like pretty, where do I begin yeah, that's pretty vague yeah like what do you think is why don't you think this film works I think I think I said in the beginning it's just like I really feel like this was just a story that didn't need to be told like we've seen there are so many films out there about like the main character like make like make something up or like you know, is inadvertently in a situation that they don't need to be in, but they realize it's advantageous and they like initially want to come clean, mm-hmm. but then they realize like the advantageous like position they're in. So they continue the lie until there is something that literally cannot, you know, be ignored and they have to come clean. It's the same as um, not okay. It's the same story. It's just better. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just a better plot I'm not gonna lie I liked that movie um I did too so you know because like she has to live like a lie I mean she put herself in that situation more explicitly than Evan Hansen put himself in the position of the suicide note but they it's still it's like the same concept they you know take advantage of it they befriend people of color and <laughs> take advantage of these people and then this huge you know secret is revealed and or they're in a position where they they have to reveal the secret themselves, like that whole thing. So I don't know. I just liked it less when it was Ben Platt, and also he was wearing like weird prosthetics because they're trying to make him look younger. I don't know if he was wearing like thirty or just like had really really bad makeup on. Like bad he just looked makeup. washed out, and yeah, like yeah, he just looked like he looked fake like he just yeah. looked like he had a fake face it, it was, was like a wax figure like yeah come to life like dear uh-huh. evan hansen like madame tussauds is right behind you get in there sweetie like so that's why i think it didn't work also it is like such a downer of a movie generally like there's very little like respite from you know all like the sad shit talking about like mental health and connor mm. and like even fucking Evan Hansen is just straight up like a sad wiener like I don't know I can't I couldn't really there weren't very few moments of like comic relief or anything like that to like bring Mm -hmm. it up it was and for a musical I'm like that's too serious you know at least sadder musicals like Les Mis like they had you know they had the the hotel owners that would sing like stupid shitty songs and like that was the comic relief there was very little of that I think in this movie yeah I think it's it's like too earnest but still very surface level in its analysis of what it's trying to like talk about you know what I mean 
but like what even is that like what are they trying to what point are they trying to make with this movie because it's like I just like I got mad beef with Evan Hansen as a character because you know as a person like myself who also has anxiety like I'm not you know on the level where I'm I take medication or anything like that but like it is something that you know many people struggle with on a daily basis and people like Evan Hansen do exist and they drive me fucking nuts where they think like they're the only sad boy on the planet and no one understands them like meet me in the parking lot Evan I'm gonna take your cast arm and beat the shit out of you with it because I have no time or patience with people who think they're like mental health unicorns you know like <laughs> yeah I like, think suck uh... that one it's not it's not that deep and then like he turns around and he thinks like oh I'm so sad and no one loves me and oh but like my sad boy like demeanor is kind of like a Trojan horse to get in with this family because if Evan Hansen was just like I don't know like what is the term neurotypical and like not super like twitchy like that's so that's so (laughs) rude to say but he was a very twitchy boy um I feel like this would this story would have played out a lot differently you know what Mm -hmm. I mean no I think what like all my thoughts are boiling down to like the biggest flaw with this movie is just how they were completely unable to make us care about Evan like you know like he's not endearing he's not yeah he's just not endearing at all we're gonna talk about miscasts a lot but if Ben Platt had not been cast as Evan in the film version like I'm sure he was fantastic on stage because like it's a little different this the like ability for an audience to suspend their you know disbelief or whatever Mm-hmm. for a stage production is vastly different than like a film his stage performance was probably great but in a movie where he's supposed to be playing a teenager and he like making stupid choices that awkward teenagers could make mm-hmm. he looks like a 30 year old man uh yeah in, in a in a blues clues costume making these decisions so it's harder for us as an audience to like understand or have sympathy or empathy or whatever mm-hmm. for him as a character because we're like that's a grown-ass man doing these things he he's uh creepy and not not sweet or like not just like an innocent naive teenage child making a stupid mistake that he will eventually grow and learn from he hurt people sure but he's ultimately a child which helps us empathize with him he looks like a grown man so it's like yeah just, and he we, feels more yeah. like conniving yeah like like and Evan Hansen like grows more conniving and like more bold in like his decisions to like keep up this lie and like elaborate more on this lie the movie wants us to earnestly like understand him and care about him and like want like him to like right. not face any consequences you know the movie is like pushing for that it's like very confusing and it's are we supposed to care about him facing consequences or are we supposed to be on his side and like want mm-hmm. him to get away with this? It feels yeah. very like convoluted and not clear because the movie is trying to like make us care about him and then he doesn't really face any consequences. And so it's like, it just doesn't work, you know? Yeah, that is the wildest part to me is that like, he wasn't canceled. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure he was canceled. Like he was, you know, whatever, online platform like revoked. But like, He's sitting in this park, like, you know, a couple months after this whole thing came out. And, like, 
how are people not going like, hey, Evan Hansen, fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I guarantee you people in reality would be doing that if they recognized him in the streets. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, I know I'm, I I might be making this comparison more the more I think about it, but like in Not Okay, they kind of do a good job of making you like almost root for her, mm-hmm. like for Zoe Deutsch's character until you realize like, wow, she's doing some like fucked up shit. Yeah. And then, you know, you feel the same kind of level of like, anxiety and like not the same level because like obviously her life as the character was clearly on the line but you feel a sense of like like anxiety and you're kind of like oh shit like more maybe thinking about what would you do in that situation like if you had lived out the same lie and like with Evan Hansen they really they really don't make you care like they don't make you be like ah Evan man like you really fucked up bro I'm rooting for you but like you either keep this lie going or you come clean. Like, what are you going to do? And like, I didn't give a shit. I was honestly rooting for him to get caught, which of course, like, didn't really happen until like he, you know, revealed it himself. But like, part of me was like, you know, fuck this guy. Also like mad beefing with the fact that he got the girl. You know what I mean? Like, how creepy is that? Oh, he's so terrible. And (laughs) ah, fuck you, Evan Hansen. No, I agree. I think it's not okay. It's, they like you said they do a really good job of like making us understand her and like Mm -hmm. how she got into the situation that she got into and like yeah even though she like wanted to make it right in the end um it wasn't up to her how people responded to what she did Mm -hmm. you know and I thought that the film handled it really well and like didn't leave the film being like and she lived happily ever after it was from the perspective of from rowan's perspective at the end being like you know giving her speech and saying her piece and that's how the movie ends so it's like Mm -hmm. she doesn't get away with it she hurt people and the hurt people don't have to forgive her exactly Um, like she doesn't get the forgiveness that evan hansen gets at the end Mm -hmm. and it's like complete it seems like completely like you know unconditional forgiveness too yeah where she's like oh I wish we could have met you know now or whatever and like I understand you know people are fully within their right to forgive those who have wronged them but like I feel like it would have been so much of like a more satisfying ending if like you know similar to not okay where like he you know came across her or something happened and she was she either he or over overheard something or like she said straight to his face like you know like you know it's been I I'm not mad anymore but I do not forgive you or whatever something like that where it's just like there are you lose her forever but there's no satisfaction of being like oh but she's okay with my existence like mm-hmm. you <laughs> and like in a way it kind of like I feel like it enables like <laughs> I feel like I'm saying some problematic shit Like, I feel like it enables, like, those sad boys who are out there, like, I'm, you know, who are out there being like, oh, like, I'm misunderstood too. Like, regardless of whether or not they themselves have, like, diagnosed, like, mental health issues, like, you know, you, like, Evan Hansen is clearly a boy with some problems and he was, you know, in therapy and medicated and all that. And he still made fucked up decisions and he cannot blame that on his social anxiety. But I feel like the way they kind of, you know, frame him in this in this story is like that everything he did he did because of his social anxiety and like Mm. his issues and it paid off for him in the short term like he got the girl like 
whatever. And all these, you know, people out there are probably going to be like, oh, well, you know, I'm a sad boy like Evan Hansen. Like, I guess I just got to be like, you know, got to do some horrible shit. And like, that's how I get the girl. And it's like, I guess they're trying to say maybe that Evan Hansen got the girl because he was himself. And like, he didn't have to like rise up to society's standards of like, whatever, like a confident young man or, or person or, or what have you. But I just feel like framed in this story, it was kind of icky. It just like waded into too murky of waters with like the dead brother, like the dead kid's sister. And like, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Too many tropes in one movie. That's, that's what I say. I think they just didn't do a great job, like overall. It it just felt like very surface level. Like there's a lot of like really interesting ideas and concepts that they kind of bring up, Mm -hmm. you know, like how Connor's family was like struggling with their grief, but in like a really complicated way because like he was a difficult person Mm -hmm. um, who obviously struggled with a lot of things. And I think that's interesting and like a different way to approach the conversation around mental health like how it affects the people you live with and how it's not easy and like it can be hurtful and damaging to the people around you Um, I agree and I think I just wish that it could have been a bigger focus because it just felt very kind of like a background in passing thing and yeah I, I mean I guess not because like it really is central to like how Evan was able to like get them to kind of latch on to his story mm-hmm. because they were grasping for any sort of positivity and like understanding of their son because they struggled so hard to understand him in life but it just contribute. it's just icky you know it's just icky the whole thing is just icky like like it is supposed to make you uncomfortable but like it was even icky beyond that you know mm-hmm. Just like, I don't know, just the whole thing. How and they were like Evan singing an entire song about like the things that Zoe's brother Connor like liked about her and talked about her to him, like from his Yeah. They're like things that he noticed and likes about her. But like saying it through her brother's mouth. Yeah, I as guess. if Connor had said yeah. that to Evan. Like it's yeah, just very her brother said this. And it's disgusting. like really weird stuff and like if I was Zoe and like my brother's friend was singing this song about like all the things my brother loved about me, I'd be like, that is fucking bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and also weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, And I wouldn't be like smitten with whoever delivered that message because I'd be creeped out because all I'd be thinking about is that fucking speech or song. Yeah. So. Let's talk about some of the performances though, because, um, Let's talk about the big one, obviously, Ben Ben Platt. Despite him looking old, do you think he did a good job? I mean, despite him looking old, <laughs> I mean, not really. Like, yeah. I'm just, I'm over, I'm as many people are, I am over just like 30-year-olds playing teenagers. I am really just done with that. Like, mm-hmm. can we please? Like, there are plenty of young, talented teens in the, or or even like young 20s. Like, a 20-year-old playing Evan Hansen would be far more acceptable in my eyes. 
Like he obviously had the vocal range for it because he performed that, you know, character in, you know, musicals when he was probably pretty freshly out of high school. He said like six years ago he played Ben Platt or Ben Platt. He played Evan Hansen. <laughs> yeah. He played himself. He was like 22 or something. Yeah. yeah. So that's like, I mean, that's, you know, four years, you know, post, you know, high school. So that's a bit more acceptable than being 29 being almost 30 years old and playing a an 18 year old it just felt like he was in a completely different movie than the rest of the cast like the rest of the cast was like acting and like doing screen acting and then ben platt was doing like stage acting for the screen and it was just way too big and like you said twitchy earlier because that's what he was he was just like too much he was like very sweaty yes too sweaty too much going on with his face it felt like his face was trying to escape his head yeah and like the prosthetics were falling off it was just it was too much it's not comfortable to watch and like not every acting choice needs to be necessarily comfortable but like mm-hmm. it, yeah i don't know yeah it just wasn't working for me it yeah was that was much. that was too much that scene where he finally confesses and he's singing that song to the family about you know when words fail it's like shut the fuck up like he's still trying to like victimize himself when he's coming clean like he's like oh like i didn't know what to say so i just went with it shut the fuck up and own up for your responsibilities like or your own up to your responsibilities own up to your actions (laughs) i'm on another one today guys um she's mad don't don't (laughs) when words fail i'm angry um (laughs) so yeah i could i could go on a whole other rant where it's like really you're like you know pretending that your anxiety is the reason that you did this like fuck off anyway um like if he had done this if they had made this movie 10 years ago and he was 19 doing Mm -hmm. it he probably would have been a plus because he would have been the age that you're supposed to be and i feel like everybody else acting around them around him was like the age that they were supposed to be in the film like or close to it because i i don't know the actress that that played zoe but she definitely looks a lot younger than him and pulled off being a high school student pretty well even the kid that played like jared like he looked a lot younger like he looked like he could be he probably i mean he looked more like a college student age but like closer than you know pasty platt over here mm-hmm. so he did a great just, job with singing. Like he's a very talented singer, and I can't take that away from him. But you know, again, other talent in Hollywood, and everybody accuses this movie of like supreme nepotism because his dad was a producer or something like that. I don't yeah, know. it was like Ben Platt or no movie at all, basically. Right. And um, honestly, don't make it. <laughs> honestly, why did we need this? I think if they had like leaned into the horror of like the situation and like made it super campy and like made it like an like kind of like a little shop of horror situation where like he had to kill people he yeah he he killed connor they think that he was his friend and then like slowly he's he's like taking people out yeah (laughs) not the rest yeah like as they as they start to figure out his like plan you know right right yeah he has to kill the class president he has to kill jared 
or he doesn't kill Jared because Jared's like going along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the girl finds out. Then Zoe finds out like the the truth and like you know because then can't I think- kill her, so he has to come clean. And then he goes to jail, and then it's like uh, a Jennifer's body situation where he's mm-hmm. just like levitating in a jail cell <laughs> with like a cast that says Connor on it. Like that would have been amazing. That would be, that that would be. Yeah, it would be one of my favorite movies. It would be it would be totally epic. I would have loved that. But and then instead, they like, made it sad boy hour. Yeah. The the like the musical aspect I think would have been a lot more fun, you know? Right. Cuz right now as it stands, I feel like this movie would have been a lot better if they had kept the story but mm-hmm. not make it a musical cuz it just I don't think it works as a musical, like a movie musical. I'm sure it works mm-hmm. fine as a stage show. Mhm. Because the like production is different you know yeah and there's more songs that they didn't cut that they did in the movie I felt like there was a lot of like a a lot of long gaps between songs where it was just like a movie it was just regular acting and stuff it was mostly just Evan's songs it just it felt like he was the only musical character in the entire film because they cut a lot of the other ensemble numbers and like other people singing so yeah. for a long time he felt like the only musical character which made him just so much more strange you know mm-hmm. compared to the rest but i think if we're talking about performances overall i think the rest of the cast like did fine i don't think that i have any major complaints um i i do think amy adams was a little strange i didn't quite buy her as a grieving mom <laughs> in this scenario she felt very like kind of cushy and I don't know there's something about it that was just like off but yeah but I think I kind of liked that in a way because like as you were saying it's interesting that you know they didn't grieve like he was like a Connor was a complicated person and like you know had a lot of issues so I can assume in some in some ways very very few ways it was like a minute of like this sounds like I'm sure it sounded it sounds horrible but it was probably like a momentary like a moment of relief where it's like we don't have to like worry about Connor <laughs> except you know the reason they don't have to worry about Connor anymore is the worst possible reason to not have to you know deal with anybody anymore is because they're dead but I think because she occupied so much of her time with just kind of like listless hobbies like like what did she really have like the emotion emotional depth for yeah like when some horrible that sounds kind of shitty but for like when you know then this horrible tragedy happens it's like you know what do you do with yourself when Mm -hmm. like in a way like all you had was like your hobbies and then dealing with your problematic son um like what's like now that he's gone like what is there left yeah and it's like again it's like a relief in some ways but like in other ways it's like he was a huge part of your life so it it just like the fact that she felt like constantly on the brink of like a mental breakdown that's how I got it like she's like yeah she's kind of pushy and she's very sweet and very like dismissive in some ways but like she's just desperate for something yeah like she just like I think she has to keep her mind off of it Mm -hmm. and that's why she like that, I think that's part of the reason she had those hobbies was one, she didn't work. And two, like, she just had so much 
emotionally invested in her son that like there wasn't really room for much else and now that he's gone she's kind of empty and that's like the feeling I got from her was like emptiness almost gotcha I can agree with that well done well said (laughs) um yeah I, I feel like I don't really have much else to say do you have anything else no not really I thought Julianne Moore was an interesting choice as his mom. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I was like, you know, obviously when you see um, people in a movie musical, you're like, these people do have to sing at some point, right? Most of them. And they all did. And I mean, she did a good job singing, um, but I just didn't expect it. So I was like, okay, Julie. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was I- an interesting choice as the mom. Um, fuck Evan for like not appreciating his hardworking mother. Just gotta pigeonhole that real quick. Also, Evan's mom, take the fucking money. When they're like, we want to pay for Evan's college, I would have been like, here is a direct deposit. Uh, and then after <laughs> after all the truth comes out, I would have been like, <laughs> I don't know her. Okay, I like, will say- You I let think- your pride get in front of the bag, bitch. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I will say, I think a few more critiques that I have- include the editing i felt like the editing was just wild like it just was like it it felt like sometimes the editor didn't really know what to do Mm -hmm. um or it was just edited to like the exact beat of the song so like each cut was like on a different beat and it was just like i don't know it felt very like student filmmaker because i know i've i've done that which is also a huge contributor to like the rhythm of the film and like helping us understand the story, the relay, like how it, the story decides to relay information and like put the pieces of the film together. Yeah. It just wasn't, it just didn't work for me. Um, I thought you know the direction, I do not. <laughs> I thought the direction was really boring. Like, like I said, I, I just felt like it was just a really boring film because a lot of the songs it's just people sitting down or or just static on Evan and not much else going on so like in the opening song when he's singing um waving through a window or whatever it's called he's just walking through the hallways it's there's no like real character development there like we don't know what he's really singing about because he's just like I have anxiety but like he's just walking through the hallways it's not interesting it's not shot in an interesting way we're not really learning much else about him or the people around him or like his life it's just a four minute song of him walking through the hallways and we're just kind of waiting for it to get done you know Mm -hmm. it there's like with filmmaking and storytelling you have to get creative with especially when you have like the freedom of a musical where things are a little more artistic than maybe a straightforward like kid, anxious kid walking through the hallways in a you know non-musical film i but... wish they had kind of introduced zoe during that song like now that you say it because like that would have been like something that the viewer could like identify as like you know something he wants but his anxiety is holding him back like he wants connection with like you know, I'm sure generally speaking, and also, but especially with Zoe, mm-hmm. like, you know, like a little bit of pining in that moment would have been acceptable because it's like, 
I have crippling, crippling anxiety. I have a crush on this girl. I have no idea what to do. I kind of don't want him to have any crush on Zoe until after, like, Connor. Like, because it just makes it feel like this whole plan was because he had a crush on Zoe. He murdered Connor. Yeah, he murdered Connor to get close to his sister. But if, I don't know, that's just my personal preference. I would have to, I would have to read more into, like, I guess, the story itself, like, the musical the book musical whatever itself to really like understand if like that's what they want like they want you to be like ew Evan's kind of icky and like this is a really uncomfortable situation because like if all of that is intentional bravo well done a plus knocked it out of the fucking park but if like they're trying to make you empathize with Evan no yeah no I mean I think that's it's just the film did not do a good job of like making it clear what like where what are we supposed to take from this you know mm-hmm. like are we what are we supposed to learn from this like you're shedding a light on important topics but how yeah you know like you're, and even sh- you're shedding moments- a light on like problematic you can have a problematic protagonist and not make the film like i don't know absolve them i guess yeah i don't know like i don't know the film just didn't do right great with that and even those moments where you know I think one of the things they do try and shed light on was like the fact that like sometimes like mental illness is invisible Mm -hmm. like with the class president Alyssa I think Alana Alana anyway um you know she's like an overachiever she does all these things but she does it because like she has like crippling anxiety of like failure Mm mm-hmm And, you know, it's kind of, you know, they talk a little bit about how, like, it is invisible. And, like, I I thought that was interesting, like, cool. But at the same time, like, Evan Hansen still acted like he was, like, sad boy, you know, mental ill unicorn. Like, he really was like, (laughs) I'm still the only person out here with, like, issues and Mm -hmm. nobody understands me. Like, shut your fat ass up, bitch. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Anyways, sorry. <laughs> just, I'll never forgive him. <laughs> yes, uh, we do understand mental illness is a real thing. Um, yeah, yeah. So I don't really have anything else to say. Me either. I mean, I could just go on about how much I don't like it, but I think we've like hit every point pretty succinctly. So yeah. we're hopping on the the bandwagon. Hating. I would love to hear somebody like seriously defend this movie though. I know you were gonna you're plotting to like be devil's advocate, but I want to hear from somebody who actually likes this movie. Mm-hmm. And like not pick a fight with them or anything, because like, you know, I'll let society do that. But um <laughs> <laughs> but just to really like hear like laid out why this is a good story generally and like why it's a good movie, mm-hmm. etc. For whatever reason, if it's the story, if it's because Ben Platt is their icon or whatever i don't know <laughs> i'm curious ben platt is ben platt yeah. is love ben yeah. platt is life <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right well then i guess we can wrap up our conversation about dear evan hansen um to no no one's surprise we didn't like it but i did have fun talking about it with you of so. course always but now we can get into our discussion of our top five and i didn't mention it in the intro but this week we're doing our top five 
miscasts. So basically any role that we feel like went to an actor that um it should not have gone to. So Madeline, do you want to start us off with your number five pick? Number five, okay. Are these in any particular order or are they just kind of like... Um, they're mine not are. in any particular order, but like when I order them, they kind of make the most sense, like one to five. So, mm-hmm. okay. So number five was Sandra Bullock as the mom in The Blind Side. Oh, wow. Okay. Why is that? I don't know. I just like when I watch the movie, like I just don't believe that she's like this like cutesy, like rich suburban mom. Like I just mm. don't believe it. I'm like, this is Sandra Bullock bringing in a football player. And especially because like when you see what the woman looks like in real life, she looks nothing like Sandra Bullock. They're just mm. like two white, dirty blondes. Um, but like, of course, you know, if it's a movie being made about her, she's going to pick like a super hot actress that like kind of looks like her. And like, why not pick Sandra Bullock? I get it. Or, you know, sign off on Sandra Bullock being your doppelganger for your movie, but I don't know. It just wasn't <laughs> believable for me. Okay. And All it's right. based off a true story. So like I feel like I can say that. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um I can't say I necessarily agree, but I thought she I thought she was fine. I I, I don't know. It's the blind side and that performance really never really made an impact on me so I'm kind of just very like... inconsequential but I like <laughs> was thinking about because I'm like I have to think about movies I've seen because yeah. like you know I don't think about movies like the same way like you do because you're thinking about editing and casting and like all these behind the scenes stuff you know that you studied and you you know have a particular interest in and I'm just watching this shit and being like I don't like it and here's yeah. why um I mean so I, I really think it's valid back you're, and be like, you're... Who did I think it was like a weird choice for shit and like hmm. Sandra Bullock did come up you know, at some point in me brain. So here we are. I, mean, I, I think it's valid. You're you're a movie watcher and you know, you're consuming the films. So true. Your opinion on the film is it didn't work for you. So, you know. That's fair. Uh, my, my number five is Pierce Brosnan and Mamma Mia. <laughs> oh man, I didn't even put him on here. That is a great one though. <laughs> Fuck. I totally forgot. You're so right. You don't even have to explain yourself. You're just right. No. <laughs> and if everyone else can shut up. <laughs> no, I I think I mean I enjoy that he's in it because it just yeah. it it makes it fun. But right. he it, he should not have been in that movie. Um no. he can't sing. He feels very out of place. He um does. he's very handsome, but irrelevant. <laughs> it's just a strange choice. Um and especially I especially with who they cast as like his young version in here we go again they look nothing alike sorry Mm -hmm. like now that I think about it I'm like if we're gonna keep one we're gonna keep the younger Sam Mm -hmm. sorry but yeah this is no shade to Pierce Brosnan he's very talented um just can't just not a just not great singer um Mm. when it comes to ABBA at least I don't know outside of that but yeah I don't know all right what's your number four all right (laughs) this one might be mildly this is not my most controversial one but this one might be mildly controversial Mm -hmm. it's josh hutchinson as Peta in um the hunger games and here's why now listen i know it's controversial but here is my fight that i'm putting up (laughs) Uh and i'm not necessarily saying you're coming for me but i know somebody is Um, she's just paranoid everyone like (laughs) it's my anxiety i'm a anxious unicorn like evan hansen 
Um, here's why. So I think in, in some ways, I think uh, Jennifer Lawrence, perfect as Katniss. Like I think, and I'm not a big Jennifer Lawrence gal, but I really think she like did a really good job acting as Katniss. And I think separately, PETA did a, or PETA, Jesus. Um, Josh Hutchinson did a good job as PETA. I just don't think the two have chemistry. Right. And if we got to get rid of one, we got to get rid of Josh Hutchinson. I'm sorry. Like if there was a different actress playing Katniss, it wouldn't have been as good. Mm-hmm. But Josh Hutchinson would have made a great PETA and he still makes a great PETA. It's just like the person he's paired with, he hasn't, I feel like the chemistry is just not quite there. Mm-hmm. And I get like throughout the series, like, they're kind of a couple that was like thrust together quite literally because of like survival and shit like that. But they're supposed to like grow into these feelings and like actually fall Well, he's already in love with her, but she's supposed to grow into these feelings and fall in love with him. And I never believe it. Mm. So I'm like, she just did a phenomenal job as Katniss and I cannot imagine anybody else as her. Mm-hmm. So if we got to get rid of one, we got to get rid of Josh. I'm sorry. It's just the chemistry for me. That's fair um i have not seen those movies oh okay and well, no i have i'm i'm saying i just haven't seen them in like a long time i have oh, seen sorry. the movies <laughs> i cut you off of the knees there i'm sorry like, no no i have seen them um it's just been oh, okay, like so you're not cultured that's yeah. all we got <laughs> yeah basically um i'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's been a while so mm. i can't really uh, confirm or deny um yeah if i agree so okay that's fair yeah. um my number four was johnny depp as tonto in the lone ranger yeah i will say I, this I, I just, not in defense not in defense of johnny depp as tonto i will say i just didn't pick anybody who was like miscast because of like their a, race they're a different race because mm-hmm. like that goes without fruit. saying yeah 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 <laughs> for me but mm-hmm. um i've never seen the lone ranger so like i can't speak to like his acting ability or anything but i omitted anybody who was like just not the race they were supposed to be mm-hmm. like everybody talks about that one guy who was uh mickey rooney who yeah. was um, the chinese guy in breakfast at tiffany's like mm-hmm. I, I saw that come up a million times and it's just like well obviously so i'm picking uh, i personally just was like I'll like ignore that so I don't want to seem as like I'm a racist being like actually <laughs> like I'm only saying that in defense of myself guys <laughs> that's fair all right so why didn't you like Johnny Depp besides the fact that he's white I mean that was it mostly oh. so <laughs> and then you're gonna be like God, he sucked like, he couldn't even ride a horse right <laughs> nah it was just like why yeah <laughs> you know and especially at the time it's just it like made. blatant too like he's not it's just like what right why like why it, bother you know yeah. it was ridiculous uh all right number three um my number three is logan lerman as percy jackson okay i really i had to go into some of the uh childhood hits to really find like some people i was not happy with personally mm-hmm. and that's only because mostly that the character in the books is it starts when he's like 11 mm-hmm. um, and 11 or 12, something like that. And Logan Lerman, when the movie was shot, was like, you know, 18. <laughs> so they had to um, they had to change the movie 
like they had to change the plot of the movie because there's like a prophecy involved and the prophecy says that when like the chosen one or whatever turns 16 something Mm -hmm. some event happens or whatever something happens so in the movies they had to change it to when the chosen one turns 21 so they had to like up the timeline and like move everything up and just you know he just looks so old Mm -hmm. you know for somebody who's like 21 or 22 playing a 16 year old um thankfully like they've learned their lesson they're remaking it now and I think they've cast like actors that are the age of the characters so Mm. you know there is there is a there's hope what about you what's your number three uh my number three is russell crowe and les mis Mm. yeah that's another good one but his suicide scene is just not as good if it was anybody else i i feel like it anyone else could have become a dummy that they threw off the side of a building and onto like a fountain you know like Fine. <laughs> it was just the filmmaking choices and the sound effects that they used that made that scene so like w- crunchy but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it would have been more or less satisfying if it was somebody else that played Javert you know because like I mean I feel like if it was someone who could sing and we could like feel the emotion of the scene a little bit better besides being like Crunch. <laughs> they should have cast me. What are we doing here? <laughs> I am Javarina. Like, <laughs> yeah, I just Russell Crowe overall is a very talented actor, but mm. um, I don't know Tom Hooper, man. Just yeah, some choices that Indeed. i that just don't work for me and, and you know it, what if it, it works for you like nobody auditioned for javert and then russell crowe walked into the wrong audition <laughs> and they were like yes <laughs> get in here russell like he had a he had a band um and he was the singer for a band but was it good i've never I don't heard know. any music but oh. he uh i don't know i i feel like his musical style is a little different than what um Lemis calls for so i I haven't even heard his band and I could agree with that. So Yeah. I mean, I know that like people were upset when Gerard Butler was cast as the Phantom. Uh, but he also has like experience in a band and he's not, you know, the most classically trained singers, but yeah, he's my Phantom, so I don't care. And if Russell Crowe is your Javert, then good for you. <laughs> I don't know. It personally means no, never mind to me. So, again, kind of like, you know, if somebody's coming for me about PETA, they can come for you about Javert and we've said our piece. When's the last time you, you've, like, heard anyone talk about the Hunger Games? I feel like you're, like, overly anxious about people canceling you over this, like, I don't know. I just, well, I'm, not, I'm not expecting to be canceled, but I, I, I know people really liked Josh Hutchinson as PETA. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's come up recently. Like, why else would I think about the Hunger Hunger Games, you know? But mm-hmm. um, I think it's because they're making a movie out of the prequel book. Mm. So I think that's why it's coming up more and more. But it's, mm-hmm. not, yeah, it's not a lot. But it's a very, it's a very, uh, it's got a cult following. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Let's cover number two. my ass a little bit. Oh, this one I'm not going to cover my ass about at all. And I know it has a bigger cult following is uh, Natalie Portman as Padme in star wars that's a good one the reason why is because i keep 
fucking forgetting she is in Star Wars <laughs> at all. And I've seen all of the Star Wars multiple times. Mm-hmm. And by multiple, I mean at least twice. <laughs> and I keep fucking forgetting that she's Padme. She's a very forgettable character. The only reason she's important is because she's like, you know, the person that Anakin throws his Jedi like life away for and then ends up fucking killing her. But like, you could literally like, if I watch those movies again, like you could just like, like blur out her face and draw a smiley face. And I'd be like, oh, it's not Padme. Like <laughs> very forgettable. Very no, I, forgettable. I agree. I haven't really thought about that too much, but I agree. I think you're yeah. right. I mean, she's a great actress. Like, I like I, her. I other remember things. everyone else being in Star Wars, you know, like exactly. Like I remember Ewan McGregor. I remember the face of the guy that plays Anakin. Can't fucking place his name right now. You know, um Hayden Christ- Christensen. Hayden Christensen, thank you. Um, you know, all those hoes. But like I always forget about her. Always. And it might she's not supposed necessarily to be a very be critical like, role. Yeah. It might not necessarily obviously. be like Natalie Portman's fault it might just be the like writing because there's a lot of writing issues in the prequels Mm -hmm. so it might not be that she wasn't a good like casting choice it's just how the character was written you know from the beginning my number my number two is kevin costner in robin hood uh prince of prince of thieves yeah i love that movie like i love that movie so much but he um is not british and he speaks with an american accent pretty much the entire time and it's hilarious but i wouldn't necessarily change him as robin hood (laughs) because i do enjoy the movie and i feel like because he is that way it just makes the movie a little more endearing but you know if they were going for a little more serious robin hood movie wasn't the best option i agree wholeheartedly (laughs) yeah yeah because he's my number one. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. wow. He's my number one as Robin Hood. The only thing I'll add to it is I was looking at like screen grabs like of the movie earlier and he just looks straight up out of place. Mm-hmm. Like he himself is an anachronism. Like he just looks like a dude from the 90s. They threw in a Robin Hood costume mm-hmm. and shipped back to like the 1600s or whatever this is fucking set. Because he's just, like, got the hair. He looks like he came off the set of Die Hard. And he's just riding around on a horse shooting people with arrows. Yeah. Like, they did nothing to make him at all fit in the time period. Morgan Freeman looks like he fits in. Everybody else looks like they fit in. He does not. <laughs> but it's still great. And I love that movie regardless. It's it's cheesy. It's fun. You know? No, totally. Uh, yeah. What is your number one then? Because we shared a a common cause. I think I'm just gonna go with like an obvious one. Uh, John Wayne as Genghis Khan <laughs> in The Conqueror. <laughs> Never seen that movie. It's very old. Um, John Wayne, the whitest man to live. Um, he is pretty white. Played Genghis Khan. Uh, a famous like mongolian conqueror yes wait is the movie about genghis khan yes he plays genghis khan nor now i gotta look a picture of this as the whole movie is a mess 
uh for obvious reasons but um... yeah <laughs> oh no <laughs> Well, it's a 1956 film. So at that point, they had just heard of Genghis Khan. Um, <laughs> just then in the 50s, just they, they discovered Genghis prior, Khan. They were like, we gotta make a film about this. They omitted all the details that he was actually Mongolian and not... Oh my god. You know what's a hot take? is like some of these old actors are just not attractive. Example, John Wayne. Is that a hot take? Is it not? I just feel like I just feel like people like like you know wet themselves over like fifties actors and they're like, oh my god, he was so handsome. Like, I mean, I think some of them were handsome, but I don't think John Wayne is like necessarily considered. I mean, at least today, in my circles, uh, John Wayne is not considered um like Cary Grant. He's I don't a handsome he's man, huh? He's a handsome man. He rem- okay. Well, I guess my second hot take is he reminds me of oscar isaac and i don't think oscar isaac's attractive okay all right we're done we're done here i've said my number one i'm really coming in like i'm going for fucking hunger games i'm coming for star wars and then i'm coming for the shitty star wars (laughs) what is the pinnacle of attractiveness to you i'm confused you know what so am i (laughs) (laughs) okay fair um (laughs) all right well with that, I guess we can wrap up this episode of another Picture Show podcast. Do you have anything else to say? Forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> Not for what I said about Evan Hansen, but for everything after it. <laughs> well, if you liked this episode and you want to hear more, you can follow us anywhere you get podcasts, really. We're on YouTube, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts, all that jazz. Um we do have an Instagram at another picture show. And that's about We'd it. We'd love to hear from you if you yeah. have any suggestions. Tell us what you want us to talk about. It'd be great. Give we us love some, you. Give us some feedback. <laughs> We'd love that too. We love you. And uh, we'll we'll see you next time. Real quick. If anyone has any reason to defend Evan Hansen, I actually want to hear from you. Shoot us a DM. I want to know. I really do. And, like, I won't make fun of you. I really want to know, like, why Evan Hansen is, like, such a movie, a movie or musical or whatever that is near and dear to your heart. Because, like, I don't get it. So I want want to hear from an outside perspective, genuinely. Same. All right. Love you. Bye. Love you too. Bye.